We've been in this sermon series on uh, the kingdom of God, which is kind of a basic Christian theme. Um, but what we've been talking about more specifically is uh, uh, why and how one, one goes about joining uh, the kingdom mission uh, in this life, uh, which is the calling that we have from Jesus. The kingdom of, of heaven uh, was Jesus' thesis statement. He shows up and he says, uh, the kingdom of heaven is near. Uh, everybody repent and believe the good news. And that was kind of like his basic message. That's how he began, and that's what he repeated more often than anything else in the course of his uh, teaching life. And then, of course, he demonstrated the kingdom through all of his uh, uh, miracles and conversations and, and activities. Uh, the kingdom of heaven on earth, which is how he describes it, um, for instance, in the Lord's Prayer, Lord, let your kingdom come will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the kingdom of heaven on earth is like the dominion of heaven on earth, or you might say the order of heaven on earth, right? We've been talking about that. So what is in order and what is out of order in heaven? And that's kind of compare and contrast. Jesus talks about that for his entire uh, public ministry life. You know, in heaven, everybody uh, is in touch with the love and character of God, Right? That's the order of heaven. So when we manifest the order of heaven on earth, we bring people in touch with the character, with the love of God. In heaven, nobody's sick. So when we manifest the order of heaven on earth, sick people get well. Sonia felt led to come up here and kind of uh, declare some healing over uh, the crowd today. Hope we get some fruit from that, uh, etc. Uh, so, so we've been over that. And then we talked about different ways that Jesus invites us to join in the kingdom mission on earth because you all are kingdom agents. And it's interesting when Jesus gave his Sermon on the Mount, which was his first really big sermon recorded in the Bible, uh, everybody came to him for healing or they came to him for miracles. And the, maybe some of them came to him for enlightenment. But he looked out on the crowd and he said, okay, so you're the light of the world. Right? So he he turned it into a, a hiring meeting, right? Oh, you've come to me for goodies? Well, you're the ministers. You're the salt of the earth. You'll get some goodies along the way. Um, that's always how he was thinking. Like, follow me, and I will make you fishers of people, right? He, he was, he, he'd never called anyone except he called that person to a kingdom purpose. Uh, we talked about how uh, to be good kingdom missionaries on this planet, we need to be disruptively supernatural, right? Um, meaning not just that we need to do supernatural miracles, but we need to be supernatural in the sense of being unnatural, abnormal, strange in the world, to not conform to the patterns of this world, but to conform to, well, the order of heaven. However, it works in heaven. That's kind of how we want to be working it uh, on earth. All to say, I hope that you're all trying really hard to be kingdomy. Are you being king to me? Right. King to me? Right. I think that's K-I-N-G-D-O-M-Y, king to me? Or is it M-E-Y? E-Y? E-Y. King to me? I will have to refer to the original Greek. So, um, uh, so today I want to talk about a, a phrase that gets thrown into Jesus' kingdom um, invitations, which is the phrase, good news. Good news. It's usually translated good news anyway. Evangelio, the, the, the message of the moment might actually be another way 
uh, to translate that phrase. And uh, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, these verses are typical. Uh, Mark 1:15, which we'll put up on the big board, was sort of uh, Mark is the earliest gospel, and so this is the first recorded instance in which Jesus says it. Um, the time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent, which is update your thinking, and believe the good news. That was sort of the thesis statement for everything else that would come in his life. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, update your thinking, and believe the good news. Uh, I just kind of half randomly uh, picked another expression of it from the middle of the Gospel of Luke, uh, which is a later written Gospel, Luke 16, 16. Uh, the law and the prophets, the Old Testament, were proclaimed until John, which is to say John the Baptist, until right before me, Jesus says. The Old Testament books, the law and the prophets were proclaimed, they were taught, they were understood until the beginning of my ministry. Since that time, the good news of the kingdom of God is being preached, and everyone is forcing his way into it. I, I really love that last phrase. Everyone is forcing his way into it. It's like, hey, the kingdom is happening. It's really good, and people are trying hard to, to walk it out. People are trying hard to do this kingdomy thing, dot, dot, dot. Are you one of them? You know, that's kind of where Jesus is, is going with this. Because it, it takes some force, doesn't it? It takes some forcefulness if we're going to be kingdomy people uh, on earth. So, the kingdom of heaven, the order of heaven is now among us. It's reachable. We can manifest it through word and through deed. Good? So far, so good. Repent. Get your mind straight. Update your thinking and believe, put some confidence into the good news. What's the good news? What's the good news? I figured it would be kind of small this morning. One, because when the youth group came back, 21 out of 22 of them either had the flu or COVID. And then our uh, Keiki ministry leaders, uh, they got COVID this week. Uh, so they are out, and half the church is away traveling, including, like, as it turns out, the entirety of the justice team. I have a little announcement at the end because I need some help with the justice project today. Um, uh, so our cakey offerings are really limited this morning, so I figured a lot of the families wouldn't come. And so it would be a fairly small service, so we get to just be homey and discuss things together, right? So my question is, what's the good news? Somebody define the good news. Let's just, it's like Ohana group style, tell me what the good news is. What's the news and what's good? Craig Chong. He went to seminary, so this is going to be fantastic. <laughs> at the, at the, uh, con yeah.
it's just, it's just, it's just here. It's just us. We're just talking. And so they don't know. Tell them how old Sophie is. Yeah, great story. I love that answer for a zillion different reasons. Um, but isn't it cool? I said, what's the good news? And then Craig shared with me a story from his family, right? He didn't, send, he didn't share with us a definition. He shared with us a story. File that away. I just love that. Uh, I love it for reasons to go into. Oh, sorry. I, I couldn't see who it was with your mask. <laughs> The kingdom is near and the kingdom is here. So the order of heaven is here, and that is good news. Yeah, good, good answer. Someone else, what's the good news? We're adopted. We're adopted. By? By God, there we go. This is your new wife. Nice to have you. Uh, a father who knows about adopting and uh, the importance and the power involved in that. Yeah, what else? What's the good news? Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit. Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit. We just had a story about the Holy Spirit changing and empowering. Yeah, God's presence, not just in the world, but within us. All right, I'll take a couple more answers. What's the good news? I'm sorry? Co-heirs, yeah, is a phrase that we use every day in speech, co-heirs. Uh, unpack it a little bit. We inherit from our Father, and our Father is a big deal. Uh, sort of heavenly resource and stuff. Yes, the really, really hot 50-something woman in the back corner. This is, this, is a, this is a house of truth. <laughs> Repent and believe the good news. Fresh start, new beginnings, also super, super important. I'll take one more from Robin. Everlasting life, fairly good news. Fairly good news uh, that uh, you don't die. That's kind of a big deal. All right, Ryan. Uh, this is like probably kind of obvious, but like salvation is something really huge. This is like Jesus is showing up. Like, this is what Jesus is like. Jesus has arrived. Jesus being the Messiah, a, a promised person, but a promised watershed in their history. You know, it's like saying, okay, the progress has happened now. And, and, of course, that's really good news for people that felt very, very stuck. Is that a hand, June? Because it's June, I'll let one more answer go. 
First I couldn't get you going, now I can't get you to shut up. <laughs> Salvation for everyone, right? Uh, that, that word everyone, of course, is super powerful. And we could unpack the word salvation a little bit, but it sounds good, right? In Greek, that was the word sozo, which we use a lot around here, which means not just like getting into eternal life, as Robin was talking about, but sozo is also the word for healing. And it's also, also the word for deliverance, right? It's like the whole ball game. It's like perfect eternal health for everyone, uh, which is pretty good news. All right. Great. Uh, I sort of felt a couple themes uh, in your answers, uh, generally speaking, and they were the couple uh, things that I really wanted to point out. Uh, the first one, uh, you know, repent and believe the good news. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, is that God's presence is now, right? It's here and now, and, and a number of you mentioned that, like the order of heaven is here. Jesus is here. The Holy Spirit is here. Uh, and uh, so it's happening right now. We're not infinitely delayed. We are not infinitely stuck in life. So that's good news. How many of you feel stuck in life a little bit? How many of you have felt stuck in life these past two years, for instance, right? How many of you have felt life slipping away? And so if you take the news uh, seriously, no, no, it's happening now, right? This is not a way till you die and maybe it will be good theology. This is a, all right, manifest goodness right now until you die, and then it gets better. <laughs> um, so God's presence now, it's immediate. God's presence is immediate. Everybody say immediate. immediate. And God's presence is powerful. Everybody say powerful. powerful. And that was, of course, a huge component of Jesus' teaching, but it was the nonverbal component, right? He would, he would forgive sins, but then he would also cure paralysis so that you would know his forgiveness was just as real. He would raise people from the dead on occasion. So immediate and powerful. And then the second uh, part of the good news, God's immediacy is number one, and then number two is uh, it's accessed by grace, that we access the kingdom of God by grace. Grace is the word that I use to summarize a lot of the stuff that you mentioned. Uh, it's a word that would become more popular in the, uh, the epistles, you didn't hear it so much in the Gospels, but uh, as the uh, leaders of the early church tried to explain the theology, the philosophy behind Jesus' teaching, they, can, they use this word grace uh, a lot. Grace is uh, uh, free favor, right? It's unearned. It's just generosity. It's God's radical generosity. Uh, and so when we say that you access the order of heaven by grace, what we say is... Um, it's all access, right? Salvation is for everyone now. It's all access. It's not like, well, go take a shower and then you can cut in. It's not like, we'll go earn a degree and then we'll think about hiring you. No, it's just like, you're in. Uh, sometimes people wrap up the word forgiveness with the word for grace. Um, like, well, what do I need to do to get forgiven? What's the answer? What do you need to do to get forgiven? Hmm? Except, yeah, nothing. You need to do nothing to get forgiven, right? The only question is whether or not you accept the forgiveness that's offered you. Uh, so that's grace, right? It's radical gener generosity. And Jesus talked about this all the time. He did it in more metaphorical ways. He said, look, if you're going to enter the kingdom of heaven, you have to enter the kingdom of heaven like a child, right? In other words, 
you know you're an immature person, right? You know that you're not all that. In fact, you enjoy being an immature person if you're a kid, if you're a healthy kid, right? It's, it's fun to be a kid. Not, not much is expected of you. You don't have to obey the normal adult protocols and you don't carry the adult responsibilities. So you're immature, rule-breaking, irresponsible creature. That's how you enter the kingdom of heaven. Whew. I got an amen from Mike, who is a very, very mature kid. Yeah. Um, there's a good news quality to the message that we preach, and that's just what I wanted to talk about today. Um, it, it doesn't seem too bewildering when we take a moment and just sort of consider it. Well, yeah, if all those things are true, then it seems like it's really good news, and yet it's deceptively hard to keep the good newsiness of the kingdom in our minds for some reason. For some reason, when people talk about, I don't know, Church, Christianity, faith, God, growth. It can seem kind of heavy. It can seem kind of dark. It seems stressful. And I really don't think that that was Jesus' mood about it. One thing I really regret, not living in you know, 30 AD and getting to walk around with Jesus, is that I, I, I didn't get to sort of imbibe his mood, right? which I think would have been incredibly instructive to me because I'm not... I'm not mood gifted as an individual, right? It's just not my forte, but just, what are you smiling about? Um, but I think, I think Jesus probably was. You know, you occasionally saw him weep. You occasionally saw him get angry and stuff like that. But I, I, I would have loved just to, just to be in his spirit, you know? Not like the Holy Spirit, but just like his his style, his personality, his mood. And I think the phrase that would capture that best is probably the phrase good news. Like, hey, this is good. This is good news. And then somehow he never lost that beat, you know? Uh, because I lose that beat all the time. And I think the church loses the beat all the time. Uh, and so that's what I want to talk about. That, I believe it, is just, just a prelude. Now I want to do our warm-up, uh, although you guys are, are pretty warm now. Uh, so, so let's, let's downshift. We've been talking upbeat. Let's talk downbeat. Um, what's a, a type of problem that you're having or that people are having right now around you? A type of problem. So what's a bad news? It's hard to hold on to the kingdom. There's, there's, a, lot of, there's a lot of stress in trying to live the kingdom life in a worldly situation. Sure. That, that's pretty, it's pretty general, but I think generally true for a lot of people. Yeah. What else? What, what's the bad news? <laughs> School starts tomorrow. School starts tomorrow. Bad news for the kids, but Ryan's a teacher. Yeah. Bad news. Why is that bad news, Ryan? All right, now it gets more to the heart of it, right? Well, there's busyness, and there's just so much stuff to do, and, like, I don't feel really ready, and that's pretty general human experience. Yeah? Spiritual opposition and spiritual warfare. Give me one for instance.
when, when it, whenever you try to do something that's kingdom good, it seems like the whole world fights you, right? Or it seems like the, uh, the spiritual world fights you, the dark spiritual world fights you. Yeah, so it's like, it's like you're walking against the current every time you try to do something godly. Is that right? Yeah? What's the bad news? They do. Apathy. I don't care. He likes it. It's from the East Coast. Yeah, apathy. Uh, could be your apathy, but just like, I mean, it, it's a dominant personality strain on planet Earth, right? It's like you're coming with the good news, you're coming with energy, and they're, I mean, they're just like, eh, maybe. You know, I say the spirit of eh has killed way more people than the spirit of evil has. Um, one more from the really, really hot, age-ambiguous woman <laughs> in the front row. It seems like there are so many ways to screw up life, and one little screw up can cancel out massive amounts of hard work and, and goodness, right? Does that seem true? Yeah. All right, we got it? We're in a bad news frame of mind? Yeah. <laughs> Boy, do I have a good story for you then. All right, so life is really busy and crowded, and we feel that we're not ready for anything. And it's really, really easy to screw up. So we're worried about that. It's really easy to, to trigger negative consequences. Boy, do I have a good story for you. Who has a good story about this? This is the experimental part. Who can, who can give a great testimony like uh, Craig did about Sophie earlier? Life is like that. It's busy and dire. Who has a good story? Stand up, stand up. By the way, you got 90 seconds to tell this story. That was a freaking awesome good story. All right. I love it. Yeah, say a lot about that, so I will say nothing about that. Spoke for itself. Let's say, um, okay, whenever you try to do something godly, good kingdom, like, it seems like the whole world pushes back at you. We had a couple of questions about that. Boy, do I have a story for you, though. Well, I have a good story for you. Who has a good story about that? 
seems like the world pushes back whenever you're trying to do something good. Who's got one? Right. Go ahead and stand up. Tell them what you called the group, Ryan. kid here. <laughs> Humble too, that's how that works. <laughs> Lovely testimony. It's like, you know, everything pushes back at you, you know, but when you take the time, and, and, and I, I know for a fact that you have a couple of specific stories about growth and stuff with the kids. They have some stories about growth in you. Um, uh, but just sort of sharing love. Again, it's sort of a generationally and uh, so it works, right? It works that if you sow goodness, you get goodness, even though it seems hard and out of place. You get the idea, right? And we'll just sort of call the experiment there. We could go around. You guys did not walk in expecting to do this this morning. Um, so I'm fishing uh, a, a little bit. Um, you're the good news, right? If somebody says to you, what's the, what's the good news of the kingdom of heaven? There are wonderfully accurate theological, philosophical ways to, to respond. There are awesome kingdom things to do. You know, you can heal people. You could create works of justice and stuff like that. Um, but of course, this is the good news. We're the good news. And the best way to express it, of course, is the stories that we tell. Because there's nothing more authentic than that. Now, we could be very Christian-y. We use the word testimonies instead of the word story. But, right, do you have kingdom stories to share? Uh, a lot of times we train Christians in theology and apologetics. There's a great word that no one ever uses in real life. Um, but what... What the church has really done over the centuries and what we try to do at Blue Water is, is to train you to live the life, get you to live the life so that you actually have good news to share. When we say good news, like when we use that word news in daily life, what do we mean? Well, what's happened recently is what we mean. When we tune into, you know, network news at 6 p.m., nobody actually does that anymore, but... Uh, you do it and said, well, this is the nightly news report. Um, we're looking for events that have happened recently. I wish there were a news report. Okay, this is the nightly good news report, right? And then you could share all the inspiring, kingdomy, godly things that happened. That would be a super helpful news report. We don't have that on broadcast TV, and if we did, again, nobody would watch it. Uh, but we have you, right? And you have me. No sarcastic comments. And we have stories to share if we're living the kingdom life as we've been encouraging uh, each other to do uh, along the way, right? Yeah. Um, 
And I just wanted to get you thinking about the, the stories that you have to share. Like we shared a couple stories, and there were aspects of God's presence and God's grace in both of them. And of course, we could probably get another couple dozen stories going. That's your warm-up. Now we're warmed up. We did prelude. We did a warm-up. Uh, now we get to the sermon. And I just wanted to share one story. It's kind of a reflection uh, that I had uh, this week. Uh, and, then, and then at the end, we'll just pray. We'll pray for God's immediacy, and we'll pray for grace. We'll pray for the kingdom of heaven on earth. Um, I, have, uh, I've, I've, I, I share a lot uh, that through the course of life, um, I have very often uh, struggled with depression myself. I was suicidal as a five-year-old. Um, and uh, sometimes I had good stretches in life, sometimes I had bad stretches in life, and I've sort of, uh, as, as I've grown as a person, as I've grown as a Christian, uh, one of the things that I've had to uh, learn about, metabolize, um, is, well, how do, you, how do you handle grief? How do you handle disappointment? How do you handle setbacks and stuff like that? And, and it's always been a fair bit challenging for me. Uh, maybe one of it, it Maybe one of the reasons is because I had a clinical condition, right? People used to say, well, your brain chemistry is shot. You know, and indeed, you know, depression runs in my family. There's been uh, a long history of self-medicators, shall we say, um, in my family. Um, so that might be part of it. But another part of it was just like, well, I had a really screwy life and, and some basic traumas <laughs> in a lot of different ways and some really bizarre patterns of loss and disappointment that have dogged me uh, a long time. So that was part of it too. How do you handle that and stuff like that? So that's all, all that is just to say that, you know, that's been a big part of, of my Christian life. I'll be really honest with you. Um, in terms of that aspect of my life, I never felt like anybody ever could really give me good news in that place. Um, be really honest with you. I felt like mostly what my Christian brothers and sisters in my churches would say to me is, ah, yes, you are screwed up. You should see somebody. Uh, and you should definitely take antidepressants. Um, and, you know, you need, you need medical treatment. Um, they gave me what seemed like bad suggestions to me. And on occasion, we won't go into the details, uh, my, my churches or my leaders would insist that I take them uh, or, or simply pointed out my failings. You're, you're messed up in this. You need to get treated uh, and then get on with the rest uh, of your life. That didn't feel like good news. Um, set aside the wisdom of that advice for a second, but it never felt like good news to me. Not once that I can remember did anybody with any sort of authority say something like, Hey, Jordan, that's okay. God can work with that. Get the difference? You ever suffered with something? Maybe you suffer with something that you could describe as depression. Maybe you feel like you have some sort of disability or a pattern that really dogs you or something that you're really uh, struggling with. And I would like to be a person in your life that would come up to you and say, you know what? Don't worry, God can work with that. Not like, hey, you know what? God can fix you. That's a slightly different message, isn't it? 
It's a slightly different, well, okay, it's a grandly different message, actually, right? Or, you know what? If you get that fixed, God can work with you. Okay, that's a radically different message. But just, just the message, you know what? Don't worry about it. God can work with you. And, and perhaps it will get better as you go. All right, do you feel the grace in that? Yeah. And not so much grace in the other? Yeah. Do you feel the good news in that? And not so much grace in the other? So I'm just sort of sharing in a raw way what my experience has been. And the reason I'm thinking about it this week, because in the last couple of weeks there have been some medical studies published, maybe some of you read them if you're in the field. Uh, antidepressants are the number one most prescribed medication on planet Earth. There's something like 225 prescriptions, 225, 225 million prescriptions for antidepressants in America every year. We only have 330 million people. Uh, right, so this is a huge course of action. And most of these are what you call SSRIs, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. It has to do with serotonin in your brain. There's a few other families of antidepressants. The idea being if you have low serotonin, then you're depressed. And some people have lower serotonin, and so massive group. They give this stuff to little kids and stuff like that. Well, they did a decades-long study. It shows uh, University College London. There have been other studies that suggest this, but this was the largest study by far, and it seems to be getting some acceptance. There is no correlation between low serotonin and depression, right? So that, that, that particular stripe of the industry, I'm, I'm not a doctor, I'm not giving a lecture on this, but I'll tell you why it's significant to me in a second. It, it, was, it was based on a false premise that people, that, it's not, it's not the problem, like the serotonin levels are not the problem that's driving depression. It's, it's, now, if we pump up serotonin in your brain, it will be like taking a hit of a feel-good drug. You will kind of feel better for at least a little bit, but it's not going to cure anything, right? Because there is no chemical imbalance causing your depression. If you're sad, maybe it's because sad stuff happened, <laughs> you know? Um, and I have answers for that. I have good news for you. I've got some great stories for you, all right? It's like, you're not just messed up, you know, right? You don't, you don't just need chemical tweaking. Um, it's really significant to me because I, like, I've, I've kind of been kicked out of churches for having a different view of antidepressants than, than other people. I won't share that story with you. But when, it, when they were first pushed on me when I was in my early 20s, I decided to do research on antidepressants. And even then, I read the scholarly articles as best I could, and it turned out that, that there wasn't much, like treatment with antidepressants offered no long-term cure in the surveys. And I talked to everybody I knew that was on antidepressants, and they said, well, they kind of helped for a little bit, but it's not solving anything. And then I read studies on natural antidepressant behavior, like exercise, you know, which I felt played to a strength of mine. So I got into a really rigorous, exercise, physical fitness, athletic program, and stuff like that. And tried, I did try to treat my body. I changed my diet. I took vitamins and stuff like that and tried to approach it in a healthy way and just got severely criticized for doing it by people I trusted and needed. Looking back on it, this is not just me selfishly complaining. Right? Here's why I tell that story. I think my traveling companions forgot the good newsy part of the kingdom. Right? Are, are you feeling this? I'm not, I feel like I'm not explaining this very well. 
but are, are we tracking? Right? I wanted somebody to say to me, when I was literally in places of despair, I wanted somebody to say to me, it's okay, God is with you there, it's fine. Essentially, essentially saying, God's presence is immediate and now, and your access is by grace, not by anything else, not involving anything else, you know. And depression is one of those slippery diagnoses that people can use well or abuse well, <laughs> right? Um, and I think, I, I'm just sad. I'm just really disappointed. I'm a bit traumatized. Like, I need to hear good news, <laughs> right? Not professional opinion, if you know what I'm saying. That's okay. God can work with that. Now, actually. Right now. It's okay. God can work with that. Um, the thing about my story, with struggling with sadness, is that being sad isn't even immoral. Right? It's just sort of a response to a tough situation. But man, I got treated um, like I had done something wrong. Which is what happens when you lose track of good news, like there's no neutral, right? Then it becomes bad news automatically because as we've talked about, the currents of the world all push you into the darkness, right? right? If you don't get good news, you're gonna get bad news. Uh, you're the good news. I'm not sure that was a great illustration, but it was just sort of timely for me because I'm a research buff, I'm always reading things, and this came out and I was like, I, it made me mad, <laughs> right? Not just because I'm self-entitled, angry, but I, I just feel like I was tempted to abandon the good news. And that's just death, you know? That's just death. I don't want to tempt any of you to abandon the good news. So if you're stuck with something, if you're sad, if you're traumatized, if you feel hopeless, that's okay. God can work with that now. You're in now, right? Like, make progress now. Uh, you know, I, I tell lots of stories of grace, um, and maybe you need one uh, this morning. Boy, do I have good news for you, right? If you come in and you're stuck, if you are just dissatisfied, boy, I have good news for you. And what that means most of the time is, boy, do I have a good story for you. Whatever your problem is, I can counter with a good godly story. I... I'm in my mid-50s. And the wealth that I have, having lived this long with Jesus, is that I have stories. Oh my gosh, right? Do I have stories? Like, whatever your problem is, I make this, this, this is a boast, right? I think, I think it's a godly boast, but it is a boast. Whatever your pool of muck See, kids are with us today because we're not doing cakey church, so I'm muck. Whatever the pool of muck you are in, I have a good story to counter what you're feeling. Right. And we won't do it now in front of everyone, but if you want to walk up to me sometime and, and share your bad news, I, I boast that I can tell you a really meaningful story that will change your perspective on it. A, a meaningful personal story is what I mean, right, from my life. 
uh, because I've been trying to live the good news. I don't do it well, God knows, uh, but I've been doing it for decades. Um, and I think some of you have those stories as well. I think you guys have stocks of stories. Please do not underestimate the power of them. Amen. You are not powerful because you have expertise. You professional people, you doctors, you, you teachers, you counselors, you advisors, you lawyers, whatever else, you are not powerful because you have expertise. You who went to seminary, you are not powerful because you went to seminary and have certification. You are powerful because you have news from your life, from your life. Now, if you don't, it's because you haven't been walking in the kingdom of God on earth, right? Shame. No, no. No. Invitation. I got good news for you then because you've got no idea what's in store for you. Now, it's going to be otherworldly, it's going to be abnormal, it's going to be disruptively supernatural, it's going to be all these other things, but it's going to be really, really interesting. And at the end of one year, you will have more stories than you can share over a single beer. I've tested this. <laughs> all right, that's all I got to say today. Uh, what I'd like to do is just pray for us in our remaining five minutes or so. Um, who needs good news? which is to say grace, all right? So you've come in today. This is who I want to pray for. You've come in today, and you're just like, I've just got just a lump of bad news in my gut. I just got a lump of bad news in my heart, and I just need to, I need some freaking good news, right? I don't need advice. I don't need expertise. I need some good news. <laughs> That's what I need, um, and I need the immediate presence of God, right? So if that applies to you, you walked in this morning like that, and you are in that needful place, uh, I don't know, stand up and, and let's get a story. So you have a bad news story. I want you to think of something specific. Oh, I've got this bad situation. I've got this bad condition. Be super specific. And you give the Lord a chance to address it specifically. That's the point, yeah? Let's go ahead and open your hands as if you're receiving a gift from God. In the name of Jesus, brothers and sisters, I first bless you with faith. Your mood changes. Your mood changes. The mood of Jesus upon you. The personality of Christ to school yours. Receive in Jesus' name. I bless your hearts. I bless your hearts. Bless your hearts. Bless your hearts. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. God is working right this very second. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. All right, a few people around these guys, just sort of stand up next to them and put a hand on their shoulder, and let's just bless them. 
we are the people of good news, and we're going to share a community blessing. We're going to share a community blessing. Oh my gosh, you know, we've all been there, and we've all walked through it. Go ahead, just pray out your blessings. You guys have done this before. Like you're in an Ohana group. Please be confident. Go. Just speak something. All right. Let's bless your hearts. It's going to be okay. Oh, I see something. Here it is. Share. Come, Holy Spirit. Give us your immediate presence. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. More, Lord. More, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. More Holy Spirit. More Lord. Let's really see the Holy Spirit doing some stuff here. Um, so just be patient for a few more minutes. If you're sitting and you want to get in on it, just stand up. Open your hands. Some good stuff happening for some people. Good news. And if somebody stands up near to you, just put a hand of blessing on their shoulder. More Holy Spirit. More Holy Spirit. Repent and believe the good news. Let's update your brains. That's some good news for a change. It's okay. God can work with that. Watch. Watch what he's doing. More, Lord. More, Holy Spirit. Thanks for participating, guys. Let's give it just a little more time. Let's give them the community blessing of the people of the good news. More, Lord. More, Lord. Can I get the prayer ministry team to come forward, please? If there are prayer ministry teamers here, or a few I see. We'll let these guys just continue to receive where they are. If you've come this morning with a need for physical healing or prophetic direction or provision, something a little more uh, normal, uh, please come forward. And these guys are on the
prayer ministry team, what they'll do is lay a hand on your shoulder and invite the Holy Spirit to come and to do something cool before you leave the building. Um, so you can come forward now, anytime, uh, and get some healing. Can we all stand for dismissal, please? Father, I'm just uh, grateful that uh, we have a life filled with good stories. I pray, Father, for your immediacy and for your grace in this season, that you would multiply your presence in, in manifest ways, Father, uh, because we are in some need right now. And I pray, Lord, that um, you would manifest your grace, that you would do some radically generous things and give us an unusual number of good stories. Um, we're here for you, Lord. Uh, we've gathered for each other, and we pray that you would uh, honor that and let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, everybody says...